What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Powder Loan Podcast. I'm your host, Gil, and today with me, I've got Ian Burbage. He's the one that designed the sweet logo that I've got, so mad props to him. But he's also been a bike mechanic for quite a while. So we're going to go over some overlooked maintenance that it seems like a lot of people either don't know about or just don't care to get fixed that can save you a lot of money and make your ride a lot better down the road. Also, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram. That way you'll never miss an episode. And make sure and tell a friend so they can check out all this cool stuff too. So, Ian, uh, how long have you been a mechanic? Um, I have been working in a shop for six years at this point. Um, as a mechanic, I've been for five. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we worked together for a couple years in a shop. Mm-hmm. But before that, you worked at a shop that ended up with kind of a lot of weird stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Mostly a lot of old um like classic schwins uh, a lot of classic old steel road stuff um lots of recumbents and weird stuff like that um lots of yeah, rust on, plenty of rust lots of uh, uh nacho flavored bottom brackets sweet <laughs> <laughs> yeah dorito or cheeto um the spicy chili flavor oh oh mm-hmm. fancy okay and then since then, you've worked at some shops that might have some some higher-end, more modern stuff, too. So I think it's safe to say that you've kind of had a pretty good mix of everything, right? Yeah, the only thing I haven't really done... There's like two things that I really haven't done a ton of, and that's like super custom road builds and really, really in-depth suspension stuff. But I'm getting there. I'm, I'm pretty close or making some moves to um, do one of those things, so... Has Jordy we'll Cortez from Fox called you yet? Uh, I he has not. I am. Uh, I've emailed him probably thirty five times. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Okay, well we'll keep our fingers crossed for this uh, sweet World Cup season. <laughs> the one, the literally one month of uh, death and destruction of all bikes and riders. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, I guess we'll see how that goes. <laughs> So, uh, we're here to talk about overlooked maintenance and mm-hmm. I, a lot of this, I just left up to you said, Hey, what have you seen? What do you want to go over? Um, and one of the more interesting things on here that I wouldn't have thought of was pedals. So <laughs> what, what's with pedals? So, or at least like that. So when you reached out to me about doing this episode, I actually like the week prior in the shop, I had, I don't know, three guys come in with, uh, it's the classic, like, Ooh, my bike is creaking, but it's, I think it's the bottom bracket. It's every road bike ever. that's like, Oh, it's creaking a bunch. And honestly, we pulled apart bottom brackets, like even like on one of them, put in a new one and it kept creaking. And once we actually went through and found the creek, it was actually in um, the bearings and the pedals that we just serviced them, and everything was uh, was peachy keen at that point. Um, and actually, a lot of issues, like a lot of stupid little noises, like when you drop your bike, a lot of rattling can happen. Honestly, a lot of that can be 
just lack of preloading your pedals or just lack of maintenance. And even uh, your more price point pedals at this point, you can pull apart and fully service. So yeah, it's something that a lot of people won't do because they just think pedals are pedals. But honestly, a fresh, like nice service pedal rolls really smooth. You're not really going to notice it a ton while you're riding, but I don't know. It's just something that I think a lot of people don't really deal with. Yeah, agreed. And it's also mm-hmm. something that it's super good to pull those off the bike or make sure they're tight. Regrease them. Pedals, everyone loves to complain about pedals getting stuck in bikes. I mean, how many cranks have we seen destroyed because people didn't keep their pedals tight or they were too tight or they cross-threaded them? You know, these are all yeah. simple things to prevent. Yeah, and it's it's... Yeah, it could be like, oh, I put a really cheap pair of pedals in and didn't do anything. And that costs you like, oh, that $20 pair of pedals that you never took out costs you a little crank set at that point. So, yeah. yeah, And even just like if you've got a nice mountain bike or even a nice road bike, most pedals that you're going to put on them have you have the ability to fully pull them apart and grease them and put them back together. Yeah. I think you did that, what, once or twice last year with your pedals? Um, so at least with my particular pedals, I can just do like a quick service, which is just pull the body off, clean the spindle, clean the inside, just spoosh a bunch of grease in there and slap them back on. Um, and then at the beginning of this year, I actually bought a full rebuild kit from HT. Um, and it took me like an hour to do both pedals and they've got fresh bearings and fresh bushings and they were, yeah, they're super smooth. Felt like, um, new. probably better than mm-hmm. new cause the clips were broken in a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and I put on new cleats at the beginning of the season and they're they're super dialed. So nice. Mm-hmm. Uh so what are some what's another thing that you've seen people overlook? Um a lot of or at least when you reached out to me, I was thinking honestly of a service that can on it can be kind of intimidating. Um so Honestly, like suspension pivots and stuff like that uh, can get overlooked quite a bit, mainly because the average rider um, isn't really comfortable. At least I wasn't like fully pulling my whole bike apart mm-hmm. or what it at least felt like pulling my whole bike apart just to like clean and grease some bearings and whatnot, or at least like yeah. just check to see how they are. So, and with that, I mean, this is becoming more common with uh, full suspension bikes kind of coming down more into the uh, lower price point areas. But just like go, even just going through and checking all your pivots, uh, not like breaking into the Loctite or anything like that, just like going through and just making sure everything's good. Because um, even on some really high-end bikes, um, namely, I've seen it on Evils um, and some like Scots and a couple of others. It's It's not just the one brand by any means, yeah. but like, some the shock bolts sometimes will rattle themselves loose or they'll yep. want to come loose every once in a while. Um, so especially if you're riding like a high end bike, uh, it could do a lot of damage if you're not like just checking those things. Um, and fresh pivot bearings or even just like freshly serviced ones, they just run so much smoother. Yeah. True. So, and now yeah. companies like at least Santa Cruz will give you a lifetime bearing, t- bearing replacement, which is pretty cool. Mostly because yeah, they go through bearings like faster than anyone else, but yeah, VPP is really, really, really awesome. Um, and it's like some people swear by it. Um, but yeah, 
I've I've seen a, quite a few come in that just have like absolutely shrecked uh, pivot bearings, and I don't know. But that's the thing is like I think it's a really good thing from from Santa Cruz uh, that they're like, yeah, this design may um, be a little bit harsher than bearings than others, but we're totally willing to copy that because we believe in what we got. So I think yeah. that's I think uh, that's props to them for at least owning up and just dealing with it. Yeah, and they'll also and like. Like you said, it's not that difficult. You need like maybe a six or an eight millimeter Allen wrench and like just make sure everything's tight real quick. Stuff like mm-hmm. really rough trails or like doing laps at the bike park will rattle a bike loose pretty fast. Especially if you've been riding the bike for a couple of years, it's less likely to do so. But I've seen it especially on brand new bikes where someone either one of my friends or someone in the shop uh has a brand new bike and they go and like they're so stoked and they go and rip it and then they bring it back a week later like oh this thing fell apart like what's going on it's like well whether or not you spent eight thousand dollars or three thousand dollars on your full suspension bike everything needs time to kind of break in and settle in and it's just you have to be cognizant of that and just be willing to kind of go through and check everything yeah um but and and it, like one little like asterisk on the end of that is mm-hmm. axles. Axles yeah. totally like fall into that same category. Oh, absolutely. Just make sure you give it a quick a quick righty tidy there. Yeah, I had a crank I mean, it it goes along with like you could extend this into just like if you if you buy a brand new bike uh and especially like with with uh direct consumer companies becoming way way more uh readily available and accepted by the public i would um just knowing that like a check your axles check all the bolts on your bike like every couple rides especially when it's brand new um because even personally like brand new bike that i had uh like cranks came loose the axle wanted to back out it was all within the first couple rides and i was like oh what's going on and yeah it was more just one of those things that once i made sure everything was good i never had that issue again so yeah i don't know um more in-depth uh, suspension pivot stuff, even if you're just taking all that apart, that can be more intimidating just because um, there's a bunch of torque specs and um, honestly a lot of... to replace stuff. And... If you're swapping out bearings, yeah. Um, but like there's, there's videos for everything. If you... And the biggest thing is honestly, if you don't feel comfortable with something as like a home mechanic or a beginning home mechanic, um, don't ever feel bad to like go into the shop and just have them do it. Or go into the shop and have them ask questions. Cause if you, uh, go in and ask questions, um, to a mechanic that really does care, uh, a lot of time they'll just talk to you real quick about it and maybe give you a couple of pointers. So yeah, that's, that's always something to take into account. Sweet. Um, and speaking of the home mechanic, um, something that I think really any home mechanic that's kind of got their derailers down can do is cables and housing. Uh, oh yeah, it it ceases to amaze me the kind of rusted, kinked, like unraveling housing that comes through a shop when it's like, hey, in parts you're maybe twenty bucks unless you like go super Gucci, but yeah. Oh, sorry. If you go, I mean, at least for full cable and housing if you're redoing it like if you don't have hydraulic brakes you're probably looking at like maybe 40 bucks from a shop if you're paying full retail 
Um, and that's if you go in, go to a shop and have them just get you everything. Um, but yeah, honestly, you're between uh, 40, 20 to $40 for parts. And uh, it's really for the most part on higher end bikes now, you're, especially mountain bikes, um, you're only having to deal with one set, one cable and one, ha- one piece of housing. Because yeah. um, the drop droppers don't really uh, go through cables and housing as quickly. Um, but if you're doing one, you could do both. Uh, part of the reason it can be slightly intimidating and maybe it's just something you don't want to think about is, um, a lot of stuff is internally routed at this point. Yeah. And I mean, that can be, that can be super intimidating. I know when I've got my first like, uh, full suspension mountain bike that had internal routing, like I never touched anything because yeah, it took me the first time I did it. And I, this is that first, like first mechanic job. I really didn't know what I was doing. and I didn't really have any of the correct tools. And I think it took me like an hour and a half to do one piece of cable and housing. Um, but now a lot of stuff has gotten a lot easier. Um, and even just like throwing in a, just, just a new shifter cable can make a ton, a ton of difference. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and at least where I've pointed, so customers have come into the shop and they really wanted to, they really want to do like a DIY job and I just don't have time to walk them through the whole thing. It's also not really um, in a shop setting. You don't really want to walk someone through a full repair because then it's why the point, why do they come into the shop in the first place type of thing? Yeah, yeah. Certain situations, I mean, everything is um, up to debate, but at least if you've got people or listeners that are looking to do stuff like that, um, I always point them to like Park Tools website or their YouTube videos because they're absolutely fantastic. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. Calvin and Hobbs. Yeah, Calvin and Hobbs, they do a great job. They're kind of goofy, kind of funny. Um, but honestly, if you look up any little detail about something, they'll probably cover it in one of their, I don't know, thousands of videos. So yeah, yeah, those dudes are awesome. And that's the man who literally wrote the book too. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the, yeah. So honestly, he... Yeah, he explains it way better than I can, and probably he's far more concise. So, if if I'm trying to explain something, half the time we'll just point him over to there, and they'll and those customers usually come back happy, or they can't figure it out, and just have me do it, which is also totally fine. Yeah. So, uh, what's another thing that you've seen go by the wayside? Um, and this kind of goes along the same vein as uh like the pivot uh, mm-hmm. service stuff. Um, it's a smaller piece. And if you're, and this is where that little, this is where I'd put an asterisk on this, um, this specific service is if you have your um, suspension, uh, specifically rear suspension um, done at a shop and they do like a full 200 hour service or like the two year service or whatnot, um, they'll most of the time replace these bushings, but it's the eyelet bushings that actually go um, in, they actually are a little bushing that your hardware runs on in the top and bottom of the shock where it's mounted. Um, cause over time those wear out and they actually become a slight oval and it'll cause a little bit of play in your suspension. Um, the keen observer will be able to like, kind of feel that and be like, Oh, what is that? Um, and maybe try to tighten up some bolts or whatnot. Um, but over time those do wear out and they are kind of a pain to replace, but it's just one of those things. Yeah. And now uh 
Fox just came out with those little bearing things that replace the eyelet bushings, right? So yeah, like, yeah, those are those are super nice. Um, RockShox has a similar thing with some of their rear shocks, where it's just like two bearings that go into a little housing that bolts onto the bottom of the shock. Um, like uh, going back to Santa Cruz, a lot of their uh, bikes use those specifically, um, and those those are super sweet. Like I would. If you could convert that to any shock, I'd maybe do that, but I don't know. It's and it's one of those services that like it's not super, super common to do. Um mm. and it doesn't come up very often, but when it does, like a lot of the time, um a customer will come in and they'll be kind of upset, like, oh, I can't figure out what this rattle is or something, something. And it'll take you a few minutes to go through it, but once you do it, you'll figure out that those eyelet bushings need to get replaced. So sweet. But again, um, yeah, it's one of those things that you'll more than likely do uh, or have the shop do if they come in um, for that uh, bigger, like 200-hour, 400-hour service. So, Yeah. And another thing you mentioned was um, headsets, which, yeah, oddly enough, like last season, my dad had me look over his road bike. He's like, it's creaking. I go out there and spin it, and it feels like, his steer tubes going through sand. And oh, I was yeah. like, uh, well, your headset's shot. And he's like, oh, well, I'll replace it next year. Here we are in the middle of August. And he's like, there's, it's really weird. It's sticking. And I'm like, well, did you ever replace your headset? No. So, you know, now there's finally a headset like upstairs in a box. But, uh, yeah, I definitely think that's something that's overlooked. Like, what what problems can that cause? I mean, that's the thing with the headset, too, is, like, it can be overlooked for the most part because a headset, even if it's really kind of dirty and, like, crunchy, it still works. It's not like, oh, if I don't service this, it's not going to work. It's not like shifting where you immediately realize that something's wrong. Um, and that's kind of where a lot of these, uh, like, overlooked kind of things come from is it's not something that'll totally hinder your ride but headsets um i haven't seen any horror stories like as far as like something just exploding but like i think one of the uh one of the good ones was when i was a when i was like a little grom just rolling around um on my sweet kona stinky uh from 2008 um i would do i was trying to do like stoppies and stuff and i just get this like really horrid like creaking and i thought it was in my fork um and then i went into the uh the dudes at my local bike shop um, and they were super, super cool. Um, and he actually pulled me behind the bench to like try to problem solve this with me. And uh, we pulled uh, my fork out just to double check the fork and everything, just to make sure that wasn't um, creaking or anything. Um, and then he put it up in the stand to pull my headset apart. We pulled my headset apart. He said, Hey Ian, and this was Eric Smith. He's a super, super cool dude um, who used to run a shop in Bend, Oregon. But he's like, hey, Ian, come here. Um, hold out your hand. And he uh, he has me hold out my hand and just like sprinkles bearings <laughs> and headset parts into my hand. Like, hey, that's your issue. And I was like, oh, that needs to get replaced, huh? And like, luckily at the time, it was like, and I was probably, I don't know, 13, 14. It was just my, it was my birthday recently. So I had a little bit of cash in my pocket and he was like, well, I've got these Chris King headsets for sale, like for 20% off or whatever. Cause they were straight one on one eighth that he was trying to get rid of probably. 
And he's like, I'll sell you one of those for 75 bucks and I'll put it in right now. I was like, sold. <laughs> I'll totally Ooh. do that. And he like, he like even let me like sort of press it in myself because he saw that I was stoked on it. So, I mean, it's, it's a roundabout way, but like, I don't know. It's one of those things that, uh, really the, the, the average rider for the most part, the only thing that they're really going to see is just a lot of, uh, dirt ingress, especially if you're riding in, uh, where we're at, uh, we're right now, like riding up in park city. Um, it's just like absolute moon dust. Yeah. Um, so that's, that stuff gets into your headset and it just really, uh, it just really runs its course on bearings. So it's one of those things where you just kind of want to, and, and again, if you're not comfortable with it, take it to a bike shop, but, um, you just like got to pull your whole stuff apart, clean everything. Um, just make sure your bearings are still in good shot or good shape. Um, and just put everything back together how it's supposed to go. So, yeah. um, yeah. And if you're in the Pacific Northwest or you're in the UK or probably really most places coastal, um, you can start to get corrosion and stuff in there. You know, um, if you've got some sort of metal frame with, a metal bearing against that metal frame, then that can obviously start to cause problems. Um, especially with titanium. I know that with titanium, like you have to be, you have to slather that in anti-seize and all this stuff just so that nothing gets all weird in there. Right. Yeah. Cause it won't, um, I forget the word for it. It doesn't rust or it doesn't corrode. It'll, uh, I forget the word, but it'll pretty much just seize up if you don't put anti-seize and stuff in there. Um, oh, well, stainless will do that as well. I'm fairly certain. Mm. Uh, but, uh, and part of why I brought that up is like, while I was doing those pedals for those two guys that were complaining about and not complaining, they just, uh, talked to me that their bikes are creaking. Um, it's the classic like road bike slash, like you see it way more on triathlon bikes where guys, you know, they're, they're leaned over the front and they're sweating and sweat gets down oh, yeah. into that top yep. cap. Yeah. Um, and then you get nacho cheese flavored headset too. So, um, that can be a thing just to check. And, um, even just like double checking just to make sure that your headset is not loose. Um, yep. So, yep. Yeah. Sweet. Um, and you had also mentioned, uh, free hub bodies. Um, mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot of different types, you know, like, the DT Swiss stuff is super easy to service. Um, mm-hmm. And then you've got some other stuff like the Industry 9 hubs where you pull it out and it's just going to like explode everywhere. And you've got <laughs> springs in places that you'll, you're never going to find them. But oh, yeah. Uh, why did you put down free hubs? Um, I guess I was just kind of on a roll with things that not everyone's going to, it's, it's one of those things where you won't have to deal with it until it's really an issue. Um, Mm -hmm. but if you just do like little bits of service every once in a while, it honestly probably will never be an issue. Um, and for the most part now, like industry nine, even on their newer hubs, uh, they fix the stupid thing where you pull, yeah, where you pull your torch, uh, free hub body off and you're, everything like explodes everywhere. Like the hydras are good. Now you can just pull them apart. Um, and like, that's the thing with most, uh, and at least when I'm talking about the stuff, I mostly talk about like newer mountain bike stuff. Um, newer road stuff is a lot of the same, but you, a lot of time you can just like pull the 
uh, free hub body off or just like seriously just pull your cassette off. Um, again, disclaimer, if you're not comfortable with it, don't do it. <laughs> Cause I'd rather, I don't, I don't want anyone to break anything, but like a lot of time you can just pull them off and it goes, it's as simple as just like, um, cleaning everything and then putting, um, you don't want too thick of a grease, but just like slathering just a little bit of grease in there and just making sure there's no dirt or anything. Um, yeah, it's more just like one of those things that if you do it, uh, it just makes your bike happy. Like everything yes. just runs a little bit smoother. You don't get as much drag, um, depending on what your, uh, what your like free hub body you're running. If it's like, um, if you've got six poles or four poles or whatnot. So yeah, it's just one of those things. And if you get, um, there's some really great products from like, um, like what I use, I use the Philwood Tenacious Oil. That stuff is awesome. Or like uh, Dumontex Free Hub Oil yeah. um, is really sweet. And so, DT makes their own for their hubs too. Yeah. So it, and that's the one thing is um, some uh, hub manufacturers like to have their own specific stuff. Uh, so just double check with the manufacturer before you uh, start diving into that type of stuff. But for the most part, it's a super, super simple service. And it probably could take, um, even if you're doing it for the first time, it'll probably take you 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's also like if you like a really quiet hub or like you really you really like a really loud hub or something like that, you can play with that, especially when you're doing those service, um, depending on how much grease you put in. So it's one of those things you can yeah. kind of play with and, and finely tune if if you really want to get into it. Yeah. And uh, the, the last thing that I had that I really wanted mm-hmm. to talk about and what was kind of the the catalyst for me coming up with this episode is suspension. Um, like the actual shock and stuff like that. Um, some people <laughs> will be able to do this at home. Some of the other stuff, like you just can't do at home because of specialty tools. But, um, you know, working at a shop and working for a manufacturer, I've had so many people come in or call and be like, start talking about stuff. And it's like, wait, what? You have a 10-year-old bike well, have you serviced the shock? No. Well, of course your shock's not working right. You know, it's like saying, oh, I haven't changed the oil on my car in 10 years. I just keep adding oil, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, and like for a lot of people, especially brand new mechanics, um, home mechanics sometimes will just like jump straight into it. And I've I've got some friends that are, that are totally like that. They're more than willing to just like hop in and, and do that stuff at home. And they're not really worried about breaking anything. Um, at least personally, like I was, it was the elephant in the room for me when I started being a mechanic of like the like super, super good, um, or like the top mechanic was like filled with suspension stuff. And I was over in the corner, like, oh man, that looks so cool. I want to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where, uh, it can be kind of intimidating to service yourself or like it can be kind of complicated. Uh, and so sometimes it's better just not to think about it. Um, but yeah, uh, suspension, especially with, and again, I've said this a bunch of times, but just like with uh, full suspension bikes becoming less expensive and like the general populace a lot of the time are now on these. Um, yeah, suspension, if it's not running very well, then you can really tell. And uh, fresh, even just doing like the super basic 50, 50 hour service, that can yeah. make a huge difference um, with how your ride feel goes so and doing um, just a lower service i feel like it's something that like 
almost anyone who's moderately mechanically inclined can do that at home. Like for my fork, all I need is a deep well 10 millimeter socket and like a shock pump and um, and a seal driver, which you can find online for like between 30 and $60, depending on how fancy you want to go. Like it's yeah. super, super easy. It's If you can change the oil on a car, then you can change the oil and do the lower service on your fork. Oh yeah. And um, it can kind of vary depending on what fork you have. Like let's say if you bought um, like an Olin's or something like that, sometimes they're, uh, they've got some different stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's really not technically difficult. Um, with suspension, my main disclaimer, especially when I'm training um, new mechanics or whatnot, is it's not technically difficult. You're not really, it's you're, none, none of the steps are going to be really hard, um, but it's all about attention to detail with that stuff um, because one little, one little scratch on something can make a big difference. Um, but as long as you're super cognizant of that, then a lot of the time it's really not super difficult. Yeah. Um, Until you get into rebuilding stuff, um, and then you have to have a lot of specialty tools that it's just not worth it for you to buy at home or, or well, stuff that you don't really want to be at fault for when you get in there either. Yeah. Um, once you start getting into like the full damper service and stuff like that, some manufacturers are trying to make it a little bit more, um, a little bit easier for, uh, the general population to do it. Uh, others, not so much, but I don't really think that's a big deal. Um, just because that type of service, you can mess up quite a bit or like you just do one step a little bit wrong and then your shock has like a weird dead spot or something like that. So, um, but yeah, even just like, and not even doing a 50 hour service, uh, what I'll tell customers, especially when they buy a brand new bike, uh, one of the biggest things you can do to extend the service life of your fork is purely just keep it clean, not like yeah. fully washing it down every time, but especially in the middle of summer right now, what I'm doing is after, um, om- well, almost every ride or every ride, I'm taking a microfiber cloth that's clean and just wiping off the top of my seals on my dropper, my fork legs or my stanchions. So just yeah. those seal, the dust wipers and my shock too. So, and because if you keep the dust off for the most part, then dust It'll isn't going to push it longer. Yeah, it's not going to push its way into the shock. So um, even just like wiping stuff down can can make a huge, huge difference. Yeah. And to to add to that, just washing your bike in general will make everything usually run quite a bit better. Mm-hmm. Not with a power a washer. Of, no, <laughs> not too, too much pressure kills your bearings. And then you have to go back to the beginning of the episode where we talk about um, pivot bearing service and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, honestly... With my own personal bike, if it's creaking a little bit, I'll just wash it and then try it again. A lot of the time, those creaks go away because it's a lot of time just like little bits of dirt that are just in the bits that I just yeah. that are just gone. So, yeah. So, that's all I have. Was there anything else that you wanted to add, or other things you've noticed? Um, not really. Uh, but like, I guess it com- it came up like while we were talking in the episode of just like if you're really wanting to try. Um, and start working on your bike at home. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, and that's, that's where if I'm training a new mechanic, I will tell them like, go and do this stuff at home on your own bike. Cause you'll learn so much faster. Um, but it's also 
just make sure you're doing uh not well you're doing everything right by like if you're starting suspension service uh go through the correct people don't go through forums uh go through the manufacturer's website and things like that um and just look up specs before you go and tear everything apart because that can save you a lot a lot of headaches so yeah um yeah and learning super fun so go for it um yeah pull stuff apart put it back together it's really fun sometimes sweet mm-hmm. so uh you know we always like to end with like your top 3 pieces of gear that can be gear tools clothes whatever what are the top 3 things that you're super stoked on right now Oh, that's, I mean, that's a really loaded question at the moment. I've been looking at a lot of things I can't afford at the moment. Uh, man. Let's just go with, let's go with stuff that you own. (laughs) Oh, stuff that I own right now. Um, I mean, I'm pretty just stoked on my entire bike right at the moment, but I've been stoked on it since I bought it. Uh, some, something that I have been selling a lot of people on, or just like even my friends, uh, and partially why I thought about pedals is, uh, the HT line of pedals. Um, I have just found them to be like the best in between, between like the feel of crank brothers, but like, yes, it's, it's a nice, like Goldilocks setting of crank brothers and SPDs. Um, and this is only if you run clips, but, uh, and they're not super expensive and you can service everything. And so they're just kind of like this, this like sweet little niche. And they come in a bunch of different colors. If you're into like, anodizing the crap out of your bike so um i'm super stoked on those right now uh i'm also super stoked my one-up dropper post okay that thing is awesome um because it's it's the 210 mil one and so like i don't know just being able to get your dropper like totally totally out of the way uh and once i like i did the measurements when i was replacing mine um this spring i figured out i could fit the 210 and yeah it's it's so awesome. And they're, they're so simple. They're super easy to just like wipe out and clean. And yeah, if I won't, I won't go too much into detail about it. And they're um, quite reasonably priced too. If I remember. Oh yeah. Right. Like, yeah, I think they retail for like two fifty or 200 bucks or something right now. Um, I mean, stock right at the moment, especially with this current situation, it's probably not going to be fantastic, but like when they come in stock, they're, yeah, they're super reasonable. And they're like, if you've got to replace it, the cartridge on it, it's like 65 bucks. And then if you're willing to do the service yourself, uh, yeah, it's, it's, they're super, super awesome. And just been really stoked on even just all the one up stuff that they're doing. I think they're doing super sweet. Uh, they're doing super sweet work. Uh, and then other than that, I don't know. I'm pretty content with all my riding gear. I think I'm just stoked on my bike. I think because right now, um, I'm riding the Coda process, uh, the 153. The sweet tan one. Yeah, it's the tan one. I I don't know. I'm not I'm not one of those shop guys who's into like um having your bike for a year and then selling it off and then getting something new. I want to find something I like and just ride it. Um yeah, and it's just held up super well and it's just like the most fun bike I've had in a long time. And so like I don't know, I'm just stoked on that, especially I'm putting new bits on it and like just riding a lot. So yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's it for this episode. Um, well, if you if you liked everything, you can check out Ian on Instagram. I will link him in there. He doesn't post that often, but his stories are pretty dope. <laughs> um, and his girlfriend is always posting videos of him and their cats. It's pretty yeah. sweet. 
Um, yeah, I pretty much I pretty much just piggyback on her posting about me or my friends posting about me. So, uh, yeah, check it out if you want. And uh, yeah, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and check out the Instagram. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one.